0: plan for Christmas, how far ahead you do that. You know there used to be a time when there was not an internet. I know. I know it's shocking. <laughs> I remember the day that we moved to the Midwest coming back from Germany in 1980. And we went to the local TGY And I'm not sure if you know what that is or not. It's mainly a southern little dime store thing. And we went To look for something, a trash can or something. And gee, I remember this. And they didn't have what we wanted. And so the lady said, you might want to try Walmart. And I said these words. What is a Walmart? (laughs) I remember that. The honest truth. That's the honest truth. What is a Walmart? There was a time there wasn't a Walmart. And there was a time when, when there wasn't other large department store chain stores. And that's when I was a kid. When I was a kid... We went to pick and save maybe there was a thing called grants or woolworths that had small toy departments but there's one thing we looked forward to more than anything and that was when the mailman brought the sears montgomery ward and spiegel christmas catalogs and we would sit down there months before probably about september and go through that catalog and we would mark and circle the things that we wanted for Christmas. You see, we were looking forward to Christmas. We were planning for Christmas. I didn't know it then, but that really came at great sacrifice to my mom and dad. I remember one day looking at my dad's pay stub and this is 1964 with five kids at home and he brought home a little over 100 dollars a week. And even back in 1964, you know that was tight times. But somehow they sacrificed and made it possible for us to have extremely good Christmases. I remember one year, I had in my mind I wanted a chemistry set. And I, I remember leaving a note on the kitchen table, and it said the headline, World Famous Chemist Discovers Such and Such. <laughs> I did get the chemistry set and did not blow the house up. That was an amazing thing. But those things came at great sacrifice to my mom and my dad. And here's what we sometimes forget, and that is that Christmas didn't begin really 2,000 years ago. In fact, it didn't begin when David read the scripture about unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It didn't begin 2,700 years ago when Isaiah wrote those words under the influence of God, through the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. In fact, it didn't even begin, if you go back to thousands of years, even to the garden where Adam and Eve sinned. It began even before that. And as much as we plan and we look forward to Christmas... God was really good at it. God went back much further than that. In the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 8, it says this. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Let me read it again. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. The hymn there in that case is the devil, is Satan. And their names are not written in the book of life. The book of life that belongs to the Lamb, slain before the foundations of the world. It's incredible that God was planning Christmas even before the first sin. God was planning Christmas before there was a world. He knew that he was going to create man and woman, and he knew that they would have that free will. And he even knew that they were going to sin and before the foundation of the world, Jesus Already, in the mind of Christ. And the mind of God was slain. That's how much God looked forward to Christmas. And sure enough, he created Adam and he created Eve. And they had this beautiful world to live in. You know, that world that Victoria sang about, peace on earth. That was a reality. There was no sin. There was no sickness. There was no sorrow. There was no death. And Satan shows up. And said, did God really say, you will not surely die? And Eve saw the the fruit of the tree that God had said not, not to eat of. She saw that and she saw it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eye. And she disobeyed God and ate whatever fruit that was. And at that moment, the peace on earth, David, was gone. And on that moment, war was declared between good and evil on the earth, between good and evil, between light and darkness. And God looked at Satan and said, one day he, Jesus, is going to bruise your head, wound your head, and you will bruise his heel. And what God was promising was Christmas and Easter. That there was coming a time, there was coming a day, When Satan will be ultimately destroyed, all that he represents, the evil, the sin, the death, the destruction, he will be bound and placed into a lake of fire forever and ever. And the bruising of Christ's head was on the cross. As he stretched out his arms and received the nails in his hands and in his feet, as he bled and as he died, he was paying the price for our sin. He was allowing peace to come on the earth One heart at a time. And he died. He died. And they put him in a grave. And on the third day, he resurrected. He came back to life. And that is the story of Christmas. I love Galatians 4 4 where it says, and when the fullness of time had come, when the time was just right, when Koine Greek was a common language that would be equal to make it able to share the gospel, when the Roman Empire had built the right roads so the gospel could be shared at just the right time. The Bible says that God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those, to buy back those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Aren't you glad that in the fullness of time, Christ came? Christ came. And that's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate. John said these words. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And a lot of us in this room, a lot of us in this room, have experienced that peace that I just talked about personally in our hearts. We were at odds with God. We we were at at war with God because we were sinners, and and he was holy, and we were at odds with him. And then one day God wooed us into his family. And we we turned from our sin, and, and we chose to follow Christ, and we experienced God's grace. Not because we deserved it, but because he extended that merit to us because he's that kind of God. And because of that, we're at peace with God today. The war between us and God is over because of the price Jesus Christ paid on the cross. What's that worth? What's it worth? What would would you trade tonight? If If you are a Christ follower, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, what would you trade for the peace that you have with God? And the peace of God. I spoke to a lady this afternoon, and her heart is just breaking. But she has the peace of God. What is it worth that one day when we die, we will spend eternity in heaven? And even now when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have one who walks with us. Pretty invaluable, isn't it? Yeah, we've all received gifts. We go, and what were they thinking? Think about the kid in the Christmas story, he gets the pink bunny pajamas from his aunt. You know, what were they thinking? But not one real Christ follower thinks that, do they? We may get forgetful, we may even get a little unthankful. But at the end of the day, we would trade nothing for Christ, for the hope and forgiveness. There's a song, we don't sing it too often, we do sing it once in a while. I discovered it when I was pastor at Cobden. And it's really short. It goes like this. What can I give him? Poor as I am. If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. So what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. Tonight, as we conclude our service, we want to give each one of us Myself included, an opportunity to give something. Don't get your wallet out. It's not about that. We're going to ask you in just a few moments after I pray and after the band comes first. You've been given, hopefully, we may have underjudged the crowd, but hopefully, most of you, all of you, got a, a card with a bow on it. We do this every year. And we're going to give you an opportunity in just a few moments. To, and, and you don't need to write it on there. I used to say, take the card out and write something in there. You don't need to do that. That card, though, represents something you'd like to give God tonight. It may be a greater commitment in 2015. It may be a, a check on your life. In other words, God, I'm so grateful for what you did for me. I lay my life on this card. And whatever you want, it is yours in my life. It may be an agreement to serve in some capacity in the kingdom in a greater way. It may be to love that neighbor that you just can't love. Whatever it is, as God speaks to your heart tonight, we'd like for you to bring that card down and simply lay it on the altar. Now, if you choose to write in the card, that's okay because no one reads them. We'll make sure they get destroyed before anyone reads your card. But we'll give you that opportunity. And our deacons then will be at the tables on the side. And you'll have an opportunity to go to either side. This side or this side. And simply go and receive your elements. For the Lord's Supper. And then return to your seat. And after everyone's had a chance to to circulate. And bring their card and go back to their seat. We'll receive the elements together. And this I guess I suppose. We always associate. You know the Lord's Supper with. With Easter more than anything. But really it's Christmas too. Because what did Spurgeon say? God with us. Emmanuel. He left the splinters of heaven, born of a babe, lived a sinless life, died, resurrected. And I love that, David, when you said, we're waiting people too. We're waiting for him to come. We're waiting for him to come. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. And then after that, our band will come up and uh, get their elements or, or lay their card down. And as they begin to play, and we're in no hurry. Judy kind of looked at the watch and said, it's late. I said, it's okay. We knew that. It's okay. It's cool. Take your time. When you're ready to come, you can say, if you're in the middle of an aisle there, just say, excuse me. Or in the middle of a pew, they'll let you out. But don't feel rushed. Just come when you're ready and lay your card on the altar and get your elements for the supper from the deacons. And then go back to your seat. And we're going to conclude the service tonight. With remembrance that God planned Christmas before anyone else. Let's pray. Yes, Father. Thank you so much for that truth. Even while we were still sinners. You demonstrated your awesome love for us. Christ by dying to and I know we are constricted, Father, by time, but you are not. A day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. But it simply exceeds our mental capacity when we think about the fact that you were planning our redemption before you laid the first building block on the earth. Before the sin, first sin was ever sinned, you had a plan of redemption. Why? Why? Because you loved us so much. Fathers, we come to this time of the service. Speak to our hearts. In the quietness and stillness of this moment, speak to our hearts. Allow us to give something to you this coming year. Whatever it might be, let us give something back to you. Not in payment, not to gain your favor, just an expression of love and gratitude to a God who cared enough to plan Christmas. Father, I want to go ahead and pray right now and thank you for the elements. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you took our place on the cross, that you allowed your body to be broken. You were our substitute. You took And Christ, you willingly spilt your blood. Because your word says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no taking away, no remission of sin. You did what we could never do. You paid the price for our sin. So we thank you for your broken body tonight. And we thank you for your spilled blood. We love you incredibly tonight because you incredibly love us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we pray your